We Americans invest a great deal of time and energy and resources in securing the perfect courier and Ives Christmas. We do. We do. The perfectly decorated home and tree, the perfect Christmas card, the perfect gifts for our friends and our families. And not only are those gifts perfect, but they're wrapped perfectly. That wrapping matches our perfectly decorated homes and our perfectly decorated trees. Because all of that perfection, that matters to baby Jesus. <laughs> we strive for perfection at Christmas time. We strive to live into the images and expectations that are put forth by Courier and Ives, by Hallmark, even Folgers Coffee. They have some beautiful, beautiful Christmas commercials, and you yearn to be a part of that perfection. Here's a secret, though. All of those images, all of those expectations that we strive, we strive to achieve, they have absolutely nothing to do with the birth of the Christ child. The truth is, if we're willing to listen and to see, is that the nativity was far from perfect. The first Christmas was not produced by a flawless lead-up. It certainly did not have an elaborate cast of, of directors and producers. You will find no adorable animals in the manger, flanking Mary with perfectly coiffed hair, perfectly black backlit. You won't find any of it. You won't find a star. You won't find wise men either. In fact, there's no room in the inn. What you will find on that first Christmas, though, is imperfection. In today's story of nativity, we find Joseph, whom the text des describes as a, a righteous man. And he's recently discovered that his bride-to-be, Mary, is with child. And he is not the baby daddy. Comes as a bit of a shock to Joseph. And... This pregnancy is what's a violation of social and, and moral conventions. And Joseph, being Jewish, must honor Jewish law. So he cannot just simply forgive and forget Mary's delicate state. But he does decide to dismiss her quietly. He doesn't want to bring humiliation or disgrace to her. Be quiet about it. Yet, before he dismisses her, he decides to sleep on it. Because that's what men do. <laughs> and while sleeping, of course, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and tells him, Be not afraid to take Mary as your wife. The child within her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. She shall bear a son, and you, you, Joseph, shall name him Jesus. 
and he will save his people. Joseph awakes from a very peaceful and informative sleep. And rather than quietly dismissing Mary, as he had planned, he takes her as his wife. He commits his life to her, to her imperfection, into a child that is not his own. That's far from a perfect beginning. And you don't really find that thread of the nativity story in Christmas pageants, which is interesting. In comparison to Paul and Peter and other major characters in the Bible, Joseph is a minor character. He's very minor. And he will disappear in the Gospel of Luke following chapter 2. You'll never hear from him again. And yet, this lowly carpenter who will name a child and claim him as his own speaks a truth to us that I believe we desperately need to hear in our lives. And the truth is this. Life is not about perfection. God is not about perfection either. In our lives and in our relationships, rarely do we find perfection. There is always struggle, there is certainly pain, and there's always uncertainty. And our journey through life is rarely what we anticipate. We arrive at places we never expected to go. Rarely is life a courier and Ives image. Joseph did not plan to marry a pregnant Mary, whose child was not his own. And yet, through his faith in God, through trusting God, he ignored social conventions. He accepted her imperfection, and he loved her. And you know what's shocking? Is that in loving her, his life became more graced and more blessed than he could ever have achieved on his own, than he could ever have planned for. So often in our, in our lives, God opens doors for us that we're afraid to walk through. Yet God beckons us to trust and to follow. Trust and follow. For us, like Joseph, the question is, do we trust? Do we trust God? Do we trust God to lead us to where we need to be in the world? Do we trust that we're enough in our imperfections? Do we trust that God will meet us in our imperfections? God is not about perfection. God is all about imperfection. I believe that. When you truly look at God with us, that first Christmas, there is nothing perfect about it. It's a hot mess. It is a hot, hot mess. You've got a lowly woman, a lowly man, the parents of God's child. 
you've got the first witnesses to this wonderment in the world, shepherds, lowly, uneducated shepherds. You've got a cast of characters of nobodies. They couldn't even get a room in the inn. They are nobody. And yet, God chose them. God chose them above all others. And even when they displayed their fear and their doubt, God stood beside them. And I think it is there where we glimpse perfection. Not in the orchestration of the event, but in the moment when those nobodies came together and celebrated the wonder and the promise of God's child. There is the perfection. As Mary and Joseph journeyed through that first Christmas, they did not know where God would take them. All they knew is that God had promised them something wonderful. And so too we are called to rise and to follow. We can't know the path ahead, but we can know that God is with us, even in our imperfection, because God's love is perfect. And even though we may not be, God's love creates a bridge that spans over our imperfections and joins us where it matters. Let us go forth into the world in wonderment, in trusting in God, in accepting that we are imperfect, but God's love is perfect. Amen.